welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. Mr. Malukas is back. Guys, how are we doing on a steamy Tuesday evening? Steamy? How hot is it in Indianapolis um, right now? 92. Okay. Uh, I heard it's like 104 degrees and even in the UK right now, and that there's literally just fires burning everywhere in, in, in and around Europe. Yeah. You know, it is it is extremely hot. I actually have a lot of friends over there, and they keep uh, complaining about it. And obviously, for them, they don't really have AC. Yeah. So they said they just have fans blowing, just hot air, and they said their window's been open. And I was like, yeah, no, that's unheard of to have your window open at like a hundred plus degree weather here. But yeah, I don't envy that. Feel bad for them. Hopefully, everybody gets through it. But all right, we started last week talking about movies. For we won't take fifteen minutes this week. I'm curious for you guys, have you watched any good, not necessarily new, but binged any good TV shows this year? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, actually. Uh, well, obviously, Stranger Things has been insane, the new season. Still gotten there. Um, okay, I'm not going to yeah. say anything. It's in very, very good, like, incredible. Um, and that they've actually, like, made every episode, like, one and a half hour, two hour long. So it's, like, it's actually, like a movie. Like, it's nice. Yeah, I absolutely love what we do in the shadows. It's like a really easy show to watch. It's kind of like gives me office vibes, but like make fun of vampires. <laughs> it's okay. yeah, it's right. it's really funny. It's very weird. Um, and then Peaky Blinders. I've been watching a lot of Peaky Blinders, yeah. and The Haunting of Hill House is also very good, which I've been watching. Frenchie. So I don't watch all that much TV, but I've watched two things that We're are moved. really good. I watch movies most of the time. But two things I've watched are, this is going to be really obscure, something called The Ibcrest File. It was like a, a TV show on AMC+. Plus. It's about like 60s spies, so it's right up my alley because I'm a nerd about that Makes kind sense. of stuff. And then my girlfriend and I, it's like the one show we can agree on is Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. The one with like Selena Gomez and uh, what's Steve Martin and Martin Shore. I actually really think that's a good show. It's pretty funny. All right. I have to throw in there... First off, I was a little disappointed in the the house on the hill, that the one David the haunting yeah. hill house. I didn't think it was as scary as I, well, I wanted it to be. So, but that's that's why I like because I I really suck <laughs> with scary stuff like really bad. And um, for me, I don't know about you, I was still so scared. I mean, there's so many parts where I was like under the covers screaming. I mean, I don't know how you weren't scared, but I just really like I was more like a kind of like a psychological. Yeah more like creepy like suspenseful right suspenseful is a really good word like they make it seem like something's gonna happen and then nothing happens so i like i bit my nail off for no reason i think reason. that's i'm sorry that happened i think that's <laughs> why i didn't like it i didn't like it as much like it was still a decent show but you know they they make you think something's gonna happen and then nothing happens so i'm sitting there like damn i wanted to be scared and nothing happened but Peaky Blinders is definitely a good one. The last, the last season is badass, and uh, the Last Kingdom, uh, I watched all five. Was it five seasons in like a week? Oh wow! And I, I slowly <laughs> watch that. I like, I'll, I'll watch it like crazy for like two days, and then completely forget about it, and then come back. So I still haven't finished it yet, but I heard it's, it's amazing. The it's last really season is fantastic, and they're coming out with a movie. I think it's next year, so that's pretty cool. I really like that, and. There was something else I watched. Oh, I don't know if you've either. Of you guys have seen it. The there's like a new like Resident Evil TV show. I have I have seen it. I have not watched it. I, I'm three episodes in. It's decent. I don't I don't know yet. The jury is still out. I'm definitely not sold on it yet. Right. You caught up on Yellowstone, right? Oh yeah. Like, we were talking about that. Yeah, for Yellowstone's a while. Okay. fantastic. See, so uh, I, I, everybody I know has watched it and loved it. I try and try, and I just I, I can't. I don't know what it is. I just I can't get into it. I think it. it's one of those shows that, like, similar like, my favorite show of all time is The Wire. Like, you need, like, so you good. need to watch, like, the first season. And, like, if you still don't know. like it, okay, you know what? I tried. But, like, it, it definitely takes more than a couple episodes to, like, fully get into it. Yeah, especially because the first episode, too, is, like, so long. So I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is kind of kind of getting a little bit draggy. But if I recommend anything, I want you guys to, to watch what we do in the shadows because yeah. it is, like, completely different. They're, like, t- short 20-minute episodes, very easy. Kind of like, all about short TV shows. Yeah, so it's uh, – I absolutely where, love it. Where can it's we like find really that? It's, really easy. 
It's on a Hulu. Okay. I don't know if you guys I have don't. Hulu. But I, I should yeah. sign up for it. I'll give you my okay, password. Good. There we go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, definitely watch it. All right. It. I want to see what you guys think. I will. I have, I'm sure, plenty of time this weekend in, in Iowa in the hotel room because it's going to be too hot to go anywhere. Before we get there, talk <laughs> talk a little bit about Toronto. I'm not. I'm going to complain about the heat in Iowa, fully knowing that people in the UK are like actually much worse off than we are right now. But Toronto, great to be back. David, how was your weekend there? It was very good, uh, very very good. You know, from from the team's end, from start to finish, all the practices, the, the qualifying, it, it all went very well. Um, probably, the, I think the team's best performance we've had. I mean. We were uh, we had a, we pushed and pushed and I don't know I feel like we've just kind of been on this momentum and I think the whole team knows that and they really just want to keep it going so we pushed so hard to get the car where it needs to be by the time qualifying the race comes and it really showed here I mean making it to the fast six star that was uh, it was it was very cool for me I, and and the whole team I mean we we're all very uh, ecsta- ecstatic about it Ooh, good word choice Frenchie what did you think of the weekend. I thought it was some pretty interesting racing. I mean, I went to Toronto a few years ago, and I loved being there. But I do think it may actually be easier to watch it on TV just because of the walls at the track. Yeah. But I the atmosphere seemed really good, and it seemed like the Canadian fans came out in force. Yeah, the yeah. crowd crowd was awesome. But let's let's do a little... First off, congratulations to Scott Dixon for tying Mario Andretti's win record. That's pretty badass. I don't know... so. AJ has the record at 67, and Dixon's at 52. Yeah, Can Does Scott Dixon have 15 wins in him? Like, I know, like, counting out Scott Dixon is, like, something we should never do, but does he have enough career left in him for 15 more wins? It, it'll be tough, but, you know, you, never, you can never doubt Scott Dixon. It's just you can't do it. I want to see how long it took him to get his first 15 wins. I want to, like, kind of look that up because... That's actually good information. I mean, I think it's more competitive now than it was then, when he was probably was getting his first wins in like what oh two oh three. Oh two oh three. Wow, I was like two years old. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think we crazy. determined. Frenchie and I were, were texting about it the other day that I went to my first oh, yeah. Indy car race before. Well, Frenchie and definitely you was even alive. Yeah, and I'm—I know I'm not actually that old. Wow, that is—that's um, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. So anyway, we'll move on from that. The one—I—I I guess kind of like the one big incident I wanted to get your guys' opinion on was Felix Rosenquist and Alex Rossi. So, what happened essentially was Rosenquist kind of. Cut down the inside and in turn six, I think it was, and at yeah, the end of the long yeah, straight, sent right? Rossi into the wall, ended Rossi's day. That was that was turn, turn three. three. Sorry, yeah, yes, turn yeah. three. Like, yeah, it was, it was yeah, we're Rossi. Yeah, that was turn three. See, this is why we have somebody smarter on because I don't remember any of the corner numbers. No, no, no not not smarter. It's just because that map has like been in, in <laughs> on my steering wheel in my face for three days, so it's it's hardwired. Fair. <laughs> I, at first, I was like, ooh, that's probably going to be a penalty. And then it wasn't. And I don't know. I kind of saw, you know, Felix's standpoint, like, you know, he just kind of broke late, lost it a little bit, lost, had some oversteer and and hit Rossi kind of mid-corner there. But, Frenchie, I'll let you go first on this one. Penalty or no penalty? And were you okay with with, with the no penalty? No penalty is tough because I think it was avoidable contact, but I also think it's a racing incident. Like, I don't think he was being stupid there. So it's hard for me to decide, but I think I'd probably side with race control of no penalty. Oof. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's so tough. And I, I love both Rossi and Felix. They're both actually like the two nicest people in the grid that I've had a, a good relationship with. Uh, but Matt, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of on both sides. You know, Felix went in for the move quite deep. Rossi did leave him enough room on the inside, but he continued to hold the outside, which 
realistically, it still should have been fine. They both could have made it, but Felix getting on the power, he obviously lost traction and tapped into Rossi. And then, I mean, Rossi didn't really have anywhere to go except uh, into the yeah. wall. Um, but then again, Rossi could have just given up the position and not maybe held the outside because, you know, holding the outside there when you have to come back and the wall is coming towards you anyways, it's already... So it's a little bit full on both sides, but I don't know. Like, I really don't know because Rossi, you know, he has the option to go out there and it, I also think it was avoidable contact because he left enough, enough room for Felix. You know, Felix could have, you know, but it went straight, but he obviously lost the car a little bit and tapped him. So uh, I don't know. It's tough, but uh, yeah. So that brings me to then kind of later in the race when Kyle Kirkwood tried to cut up the inside of Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy had checked up a little bit because of, I think Grosjean was in front of him and, and got a little squirrely there. And Kyle did get a penalty. So again, whoever wants to answer it first, is is that a penalty? And and then I'll I'll come in with my point after that. That one is, I think, a little bit more clear cut. Where I don't, I think that Kyle was pretty aggressive there, and that it looked like Jimmy was basically about to come over back onto the racing line. He had to check up for somebody in front of yeah, him. Yeah, I think right? it was Grosjean. Yeah, so I think that was pretty optimistic on his part. And didn't Jimmy? He got going again, right? I don't think so. It's it said pit next to his name on the on the timing and scoring on on TV the rest of the rest of the race. Oh, okay, so never mind. But yeah, I mean, I don't like when somebody's mistake ends someone else's race. Obviously, that kind of happened in both these cases that we're talking about. But I'd just like to see consistency, I guess, from race control. If you're going to give somebody a penalty, then you got to give it like if the circumstances are the same all the time i mean that's the problem we're seeing in f1 too right where the drivers are pissed off about race control just not being consistent so they don't know how to take and race yeah uh, (laughs) how do i say this without saying this (laughs) yeah well okay well i don't know i it's when it's when are we talking about when kyle and jimmy crash correct yeah uh it was definitely an ambitious move from kyle it was very late and last second and i mean Yes, Jimmy Johnson could have swerved out the way and been like, oh my God, he's coming in. But uh, I think it was definitely a clear penalty there because, yeah, I mean, very late. And if, yeah, I don't know. He he wasn't like fully committed. He still was kind of about like half a car in. So definitely, definitely, uh, again, still a little bit of racing incident involved there. But yeah, um, but yeah, racing control, yeah, definitely, yeah. I've had my uh, little share of that in uh, in qualifying <laughs> at Ohio. So, um, but I do like everybody at Race Control. I have really good relationships with them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's um, consistency would be great. That's where I'm going to leave it. Yeah, at. I agree there. I, I'm fine. You know, it's the same thing with the yellow when they throw the yellow flag when when somebody like Kirkwood is off at Ohio. If they're just consistent with it, I can with everything. I could live with it. Not 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 that I necessarily love it, but I could live with it. But I did want to kind of circle back to sort of Ohio, Toronto related. Obviously, in Ohio, the Andretti Armada had their fair share of drama. So, <laughs> and, and not being in Toronto was the and I don't know, David, if you noticed, was the mood around Andretti a, a little bit lighter than it was when we all left Ohio a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's uh it was it's quite, it's quite funny actually and then like going into doing the driver intros you can actually like just see all the Andretti drivers kind of just separated from <laughs> each other like <laughs> like all in their own little groups. It was uh it was quite funny to see. All right, I don't know if there's anything else Toronto actual race related Frenchie that I'm missing is there? Not that I can really remember, other than Mr. Malukas has the fastest lap from the race, so we should congratulate him for that. Yeah, and and a great deal coin racing H and D Motorsports race strategy with the with the undercut. I thought that was very uh, very spicy. Um, that was kind of like our little plan, kind of the whole whole time, and we committed to it. You know, pitted a, a few laps earlier, and then just used a whole bunch of push to pass and just 
gained so much time and i think we went up to like was it fifth or, or fourth we, we gained the, the positions that we lost at the start um, and then s- slowly had a fall back but we still kind of maintained with doing fuel saving tire saving and managed to make that stint you know we were still fifth at the end unfortunately you know we had a, a bit of a slow stop when everybody came in into the pits so we ended up going back to 14th but overall though that strategy i thought was very cool with the undercut i, I it was a uh, it was just fun. Also, just because you know people leave the pits and they have like fresh new tires with no grip, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> push the pass, full grip, breaking deep, and it's just yeah, it's fun. Is that the most difficult pit lane you've ever been on? It was very tough. Uh, however, the actual pits, like it was, it was not as hard as Ohio. Like Ohio is okay. very tight. Like when Castro Neves went in his box, I had to. It's like you're fully. I mean, the whole wheel was cranked. You're going slow to try to get in straight into and hit your marks but he was a bit easier obviously it depends what pit box you have uh we had a pretty decent pit box but the way the pit lane is yeah it was uh, it's it was definitely one of the harder ones the one thing kind of as we transition into news and but still race weekend related not going to impact this weekend but indycar said the 75 minute friday session will remain for the rest of the year I I wasn't able to really watch Friday practice this weekend and didn't really pay too close attention to it. But what do you guys? I guess really this is more of a David question. Are you after a couple rounds of this happy with it? Still wish it was Saturday morning. Well, for me personally, it works really well because we have we're rookies, so we get the extra yeah. set. So we can still do the whole session, and I love it because everybody's just sitting in pit lane. Well, I get to learn more <laughs> knowledge, and, and with only having two practice sessions, for me, it's great. Um, however, if I didn't have that extra set, I would definitely not like it, especially since I know that they force you to use the red tires in that practice session to try to like make the drivers run that entire session, which is not really working, and all they're kind of doing is just moving around the, the same set of tires that the people have and um especially for toronto to to be forced to use the red tires and practice one in a track that evolves so much and changes so much obviously is not what anybody really wants i'm pretty sure everybody wants to use the red tires as close to qualifying as possible um so yeah in the end i love it because i get that extra set and the veterans don't so i just get to catch up on them but if i was in their shoes i definitely wouldn't like it all right, I have a couple, one or two news things before we get to Iowa. NASCAR to Chicago. And the only reason I'm talking about NASCAR is there are people now with the NASCAR street race, the NASCAR road races, the NASCAR dirt race that are saying that the NASCAR schedule is technically more diverse than the IndyCar schedule, which is something IndyCar has claimed air quotes victory on for a while now in this nascar versus indycar debate frenchy do you agree disagree don't care where do you stand on that just on the diversity of the schedule part not nascar itself yeah because i have a pretty strong bias uh where from where i stand on nascar so diversity of the schedule um no i still think that IndyCar is more diverse just based on the types of tracks that they go to because I mean even though NASCAR is going to a street race right if they're if it happens they're only gonna have one of them so I, I mean we have a better mix of I think so if you just throw one street course in I don't think that makes you more diverse I think that's just like a token race that is kind of different for your schedule yeah, I I mean, I, I, I'm more on the don't care kind of side. <laughs> I don't really follow much on the whole NASCAR deal. I've always been more on the, the open wheel fan side, and I'm more just towards IndyCar. But, yeah, I mean, I did see the, the whole Chicago uh, track thing, but, um, I mean, I'm just going to be so biased and say, obviously, IndyCar is just way more diverse. Yeah, I, I get the point. Like, okay, dirt race is technically different than a you know short track race otherwise at bristol i said i think it's at bristol right i actually don't really know where the dirt race is yeah i think that where they just cover yeah. the oval so and it's dirt, like right? it's still yeah. bristol 
I mean, I know it's different, but it's still Bristol. So I'm I'm with you guys on that one. But just kind of want to get you. So since you're local-ish to Chicago, will you go if it's during, you know, not an IndyCar weekend? Yeah, I think I'd definitely go if it's, yeah, if I'm, if I'm free. And, I mean, racing's racing. I always love to see it. And I think it'd be kind of cool because it's Chicago, my hometown. So, yeah, I think I'd definitely go. But, um, but yeah, generally I'm... It's, you know, I see NASCAR here and there and see little, like, highlights and clips, but I've never actually, like, properly been a fan of it. Yeah, I haven't been a fan of it in a long, long time. But we don't want to dog NASCAR here because I don't want to start some stupid debate. But some more McLaren news after last week when we re-recorded everything. Felix Rosenquist kind of alluded to the fact that he doesn't think Alex Pillow will be racing anywhere next year because it's going to be resolved in the courts and whatnot. So that was interesting. And then the other kind of interesting point from that this week that came out, I think was from Nate Ryan and NBC, that Zach Brown, my phone corrected it to Sal Brown, Zach Brown has... has, It's like a mafioso. (laughs) Hasn't seen Alex Pelot's Ganassi contract. So he was under the assumption that Alex was a free agent. So... Start with the first point. Do we think that Felix's point that was made after the race has any merit, or is he just kind of making assumptions right now? I, I, I'm not going to go first on this. You go. <laughs> I think that Felix doesn't even know where he's going to be next year at this point from what it sounds like, so I'm not sure why he would know where Alex is going to be. I think he's probably making assumptions of what will be the best for his situation. And that would be Alex not driving so that he could keep the IndyCar seat. And I do, I would like to see Felix keep his IndyCar seat, but I don't want to see Alex get sidelined somewhere or just like sit the bench for a year either. So I hope he's wrong that Alex doesn't get to drive. Maybe they'll work something out and he'll just stay at Ganassi for another year. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure it has to be an assumption. Like, like you said, um, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't even know where where he he himself is going to be. So, yeah, I I don't really know. Maybe he's also saying it just to help his end, you know. Because and I love Felix. I would love him to stay in IndyCar. But this whole news about Zach Brown not knowing about the that him not being a free agent, so it kind of takes away the idea that McLaren is going to do like a buyout and like pay out his contract. So it's probably not going to happen. So his assumption does have some claim, I guess, but I, I don't know why Ganassi would just have him sit out and, or instead just do another year with him. So Yeah, it's a very interesting situation that obviously has probably a long time to play out before we actually know anything, but I find it like kind of hard to believe that Zach Brown didn't know about the, the contract yeah. at all. Like, I feel like as a owner somebody as important as zach he would want to verify in to some level the the contract first but i mean if he truly thought that alex was a free agent then yeah i think then we're in for a whole nother does ganassi want him back is this some sort of messy divorce in in front uh i don't i don't i don't know i guess i guess we'll see on that one but it's definitely it's, it's only going to get more interesting, and I feel like as the season goes on and Zach or Alex or whoever talks a little bit here and there, everybody is just going to get more fired up about some aspect of this. Did Alex think he was a free agent himself <laughs> is what I'm wondering. like, Did he just think that Ganassi wasn't going to pick up that option, and so he went to McLaren, and then it backfired on him? Because I don't understand how else that would work out like that where – mclaren would think that he's a free agent i i don't i got nothing on that one yeah we can only speculate but i'm just yeah it sounds really calamitous i yeah i don't want to add any more uh more fire to the flame i'm just like just not gonna i did try like speaking to him in toronto so like and when everybody was in the media bullpen yep. and asking questions i tried coming up to him with with my own camera um and try asking him some questions like to get some like you know like any interesting notes about it so tried helping other people maybe get some some more drama going but it looked like you were doing a good job interviewing scott dixon 
Oh yeah, but you can't. See. They cut out like a a decent chunk out of it. So they told they they asked me like ask him some questions, like some interesting go to questions. And my first question was what he had for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know like what to ask him, and I, I was so nervous. And so they came up to me. He's like, "Hey, so can you interview Scott Dixon?" And I just I I I, I really didn't want to do it because I was like way too nervous for it. And before I could even say anything they're like yeah he's ready for you and he's like waving at me and i'm like oh my (laughs) i don't even have an option so i had to go up to him and i was trying so hard to hold the mic still i just i was shaking so much and whatever he said i had to rewatch it just to know what his answers were because i I couldn't listen because i was so busy to think like what what do i ask him next like i don't know so i've earned a lot of respect for all the people that actually interview us and ask questions it is so hard like to ask informative questions like i asked him like what do you do in toronto and like his (laughs) breakfast plans like i i just it's hard to put your left sock on first your right sock on first (laughs) <laughs> well, I did try to get some information from him, like, you yeah. know, racing-wise. I was like, where you where you breaking at? And then, like, when do you get back on power and stuff? And But he just lied to me, which kind of hurt my feelings. But <laughs> I was like, come on, man, help a rookie out. It's, you know, and he, he also said I was, I was his favorite, so it's like, touche. Fair, fair. Did, have you talked to Scott much before getting to interview him? I know he's, like, typically a pretty reserved guy at this point in his career yeah i haven't really talked much um it's always been like little bits here and there kind of just like a hello how are you anytime we have a driver's briefing or or something and uh but yeah it's never been like a proper conversation which is also kind of one of the reasons why i was very nervous about that interview but i will tell you as a success um i made him laugh and uh, he followed me on instagram so i was definitely dancing around when i saw hell him. yeah that's a good win <laughs> it is in those media bullpens sometimes difficult to come up with questions because you don't sometimes like we don't actually know who's showing up so like we don't know necessarily what to prepare for other than like okay this weekend in toronto you knew ganassi was probably going to be there so you know okay i'm gonna ask polo this whatever not that i was there but some so, and it's also hard sometimes when it's indoors and there's like a million people talking at once I will ask a question and then completely zone out and miss the answer. But I, you're a really good multitasker somehow. Like I've seen you where you can like answer a text while someone's answering your question and like you'll still hear it. And if I'm doing anything other than paying attention, I don't hear what someone's saying. I'm going to I'm going to pay attention to that now cuz he's like asking me questions <laughs> and I'm going to look at it. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. It's funny to be playing Wordle. <laughs> I've never played yeah, that. You still... <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Fair... I mean, fair point, but... No, I have never, I have never played Wordle. But yes, I can sit here like I can do an entire you know, recording and have a conversation over text message with other people at the same time, and it doesn't like doesn't phase me. I can still, I still know what's going on. Yeah. Wow. He's I breaking back, the rules of science. I can't believe it. Yeah, to group chats, and he's just been like texting the whole time we're recording, and I'm like, I don't understand how you had the brain processing power to focus on these two different. Conversations. I save up my whole brain processing power for a week just for this, and then the rest of the week, 
I'm pretty useless. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I, I didn't mean it for it to sound that depressing. Let's talk about Iowa. It's going to be a million degrees all weekend. There's a chance of rain. Who knows? Friday is like 96, Saturday's 96, and Sunday is a cooler 90 degrees. So, yeah, yay. yay. So, David, going into this, are, are you going to use one of those cool suits? Or how, how do you physically prepare for sweltering Iowa heat? So, I have never used the, the cool suit or tried yeah. it, so... And I don't, yeah, I don't think the team will be using it um, for this weekend. So, kind of just gonna have to, I guess, you know, see that there's twenty plus other drivers doing it. So I just got to do it. I just got to get done. But uh, my kind of uh, strategy is, I've just been having like saunas here at, at my house. I've just been doing like a sauna like two times a day in like scorching heat. Just, just try to like, I, I get used to just being in the heat you know i i don't know how else to do it um thankfully i always do the darth vader air tube on the mask just to get as much air through me as possible however obviously a lot of dust and rubber so my, my eyes are always like just scorching red after after every race but yeah i, I don't know i just kind of have to pull through and the, the worst thing is it's a double header so it's like just that much worse and i also have like very bony hips so after one race my hips are already like all bruised and like on the verge of bleeding. So I don't know how this double header is going to work. I don't know if we're going to have to come up with some insane padding. I might have to go talk to IndyCar medical and like maybe they'll spice up some magic potion and it'll work. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Let's just say. I think that's going to be the episode title. Will IndyCar medical splice up some magic potion? (laughs) Magic potion. You don't have like a masseuse that follows you around like the F1 guys. No, I don't. Uh, but Takuma has um, like a physio guy that like you know who will will get you sorted. And after like the five hundred, my whole like right lat was just like frozen in place. Like, I couldn't like release my hand. Like it it was locked in that position. I like I literally couldn't drop it. Like, it was so painful. So he came to me. He's like, "Oh no! Oh my god!" Like, he just looked at me and he was screaming. I was like. What's going on? What's happening? And then he just starts massaging me out of nowhere. Like I was like I was like, "Oh, okay." 5 minutes later, like gone. I was moving my hand. I was like, "Okay, I need one of these people." Like now I understand what this means. So, on an uh, on a weekend where it's hot, it's a double header, it's a pretty physical little bumpy oval as it is, is it just important to, you know, get, you know, physio help or magic potion help? In addition to getting a solid night of rest, so you are somewhat mentally recovered come Sunday. Because that's the one thing I heard. I heard somebody talking about it today or last night. It's just kind of like the the mental drain that you might see happen on Sunday with some drivers, like especially like after the first stint and how tired people will be. Yeah. I- the worst thing is it's an oval and ovals are very mentally straining yeah. because you're, you're just, you always have to be focused. You, like it's co- constant. You have all these different engine maps and strategies coming through your head at the same time. You're going three wide for six laps in a row. And it's just this really long race and all this is going on. And, uh, you know, when in, in a road course, street course, you have a straightaway, you can look at a bird and you know be human <laughs> and your brain like forgets what's going on and can take a break. So it's definitely going to be very important. It's going to be really interesting for me. It's going to be my first time doing a doubleheader for IndyCar. And since I've started this season, after a race day, I cannot sleep. I don't know if it's the adrenaline just so much being pumped into me or or what it is, but I can never sleep the first night after a race weekend. And then the next day, I'm just like an absolute zombie disaster. And it takes me a good like two days to, to fully recover I'd say three days for full recovery. So now to do a doubleheader, I don't know. I think we're definitely going to have to mix some packs and potions to uh, get myself sleeping and <laughs> like actually recover for the first night to, to do it all over again the next day. Packs and potions. There we go. That's the perfect episode title. Packs <laughs> and potions. Okay. So it's like some kind of fantasy like board game? <laughs> no, it's actually like a – it's like a – a rap song in the in the uk it's, oh is it really yeah <laughs> i don't know my rap but i definitely don't I definitely don't know that one 
I don't know British you know, it's rap just, at all. It's just from my friends. They showed me. It's like kind of like yeah. You have no idea what the kid's saying. I mean, he has such a strong accent. So, oh, you understand his packs and potions in the song. So, there's a UK rapper by the name of Stormzy who's like relatively popular, who's very good. But there are Vossy Bob and 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 him. Oh, that's no, a song. that's the Stormzy okay, song. See, I only yeah. know I only know like three Stormzy songs. <laughs> Okay. And he does one with Linkin Park, which is very good. But like midway through his verse, I'm like, I don't really know what he's saying right now because the UK accent is so strong. I'm like, you lost me here, man. Yeah, that's yeah. When I listen to UK rap, I, that's like the one time I have lyrics open on the <laughs> phone and like, what is he saying? Oh, okay. Wow, that's actually a really clever line. So yeah, I'm really glad Spotify includes lyrics on most songs now. It does help. Yeah, especially nice. with my scary music, as it was described to me, or cre- creepy music. It was described to me <laughs> earlier today. Music, yeah. like creepy music. <laughs> You're Satan yeah, worshiping. Satan worshiping. Yes, yes, yeah. So last last weekend, before we continue on to Iowa, now that we talked about creepy music, I had posted a song before our, I you know, on on my Insta story before I went on a date, and my mom called me and she said, I, "You you might want to delete that." I'm like, "Why?" She said. I don't want your date to get the wrong opinion and think you're crazy. And like, she probably already thinks I'm crazy anyway, but like not because of that. And so she, my mom was very worried about my music choices impacting the success or failure of my weekend. Yeah. But, but that music though, especially in a gym will give you at, at least minimum two more reps. <laughs> it's scientific. Like, it's yeah, it is. It's a fact. And yeah, you just start screaming. And if you scream, you get a third rep. It's just I haven't yeah. screamed in the gym yet. I don't know if my gym would like that. Well, I'm 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 a you know I just I have it yeah. here at my house, so I can just scream. Yeah, I would never, especially doing <laughs> neck workouts with that whole contraption. No way, no way am I doing that in public. I'm gonna get made fun of. It's just, and then I'm gonna have a really weak neck and have to have all the padding all into car season. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. When I'm down there, I definitely scream. It feels good. You get that extra rep. I'm, 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 I might try that at the gym tomorrow. I might also get kicked out of the gym afterwards. So, <laughs> you let me know if you need bail money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they arrest no. you, Frenchie. Do you have any? I have some Iowa stats and facts before we kind of wrap up with some predictions, whatnot. I don't know if you have anything else you want to ask and or add to Iowa chat. No, I'm just kind of frustrated that it's not a night race anymore because I think that's going to be just tougher on everyone. Oh, so it's not a night race? Neither of them? Oh, no. No, they're like in the mid-afternoon, I think. Oh, okay. I haven't looked at the schedule whatsoever, so. Let me see what time the races actually start. <laughs> I'm actually so bad. I need to like actually like look at schedules <laughs> and like know what's happening. This is a disaster. I typic- This is why I have Karina. Karina and Jody are like, they take care of me at the track. They, they make sure I need to be where I am. And without them, I would... A lost you do. You, you are very lucky to have two of the best PR people in racing. Yes, very extremely lucky, and they are both amazing. They 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 definitely spoil me way too much. <laughs> but yeah, I I did want to ask. So while Frenchie looks at, I think the the race it's at three p.m. on Saturday, and four on so right at the hottest time of the day, probably, awesome. and then at two p.m. on Sunday, oh. so just as hot. Yeah. Right. So there's only one practice, which is Friday late afternoon. I think it's a 90-minute practice. And then qualifying is Saturday morning. So lap one is race one. Lap two is race two. And I know you. we all talked about this last time, but are you a fan of one practice? Do you wish there was maybe two 60-minute practices on Friday instead of one 90-minute practice? Um. I it definitely would I I hmm. I mean I don't know what the tire allocation is for the ninety minute practice. Um, I I've, I mean at that point I, I don't think it really matters too much one practice or two practices. Maybe if the second practice is on the same day of like qualifying, then I'd prefer yeah. that. But I I mean the one practice is fine, especially since we've already tested at Iowa. So I'm not going to be completely clueless going into it. Um, no, I, overall, as as long as it's still a good majority of time and 90 minutes is definitely a good amount, I'm happy. Yeah, hopefully there's no incidents so that you can get the the maximum amount of out of running in there. But I'm just trying to think if there's anything else before we do predictions. I guess I should get the standings up and ready here. Oh, yeah, my stats and facts. Only one 
of in the 15 races at Iowa, only one winner has come from the pole. So don't get the pole this weekend. Okay, yeah. I know that's like the worst, so, probably the worst advice you've ever gotten. Don't go for the pole this weekend. No, I'd bet a lot of money on that, though. I can easily do that. <laughs> uh, so the kind of the, the power players here this weekend, Scott Dixon, Will Power, obviously Joseph Newgarden. Between Dixon and Power, they have seven poles, 13 top fives, 261 laps led, but no wins. So seven seven of the 15 poles are between the two guys, and neither have won. Joseph Newgarden's last eight Iowa finishes, second, second, first, sixth, fourth, first, fifth, first, with <laughs> 1,150 1, wow. laps led. So my other genius piece of advice this weekend is if joseph is in a sharing mood maybe you get on the episode of bus bros whenever they do that this weekend you can ask him how do i do well at iowa and he'll have some amazing knowledge yeah that is i will definitely be asking him wow that is like incredible stats side note before we do predictions the hashtags for social media this weekend far too long i'm not using them when we do all our hyvee hyvee salute to farmers 250 or something that's way too many that's way too many twitter characters yes. to use on a hashtag the high v deals.com 250 and the high v salute to farmers 300 yeah. uh oh yeah before we get to predictions that thank you frenchy you just jogged my memory the the saturday race is 250 and the sunday is 300 or is that saturday 300 and sunday's 250 it's 250 and 300 okay. so yeah you had it right so the first time. with different race lengths does that does does 50 miles change the strategy a lot sorry i'm looking at like previous results i'm already getting ready for the predictions <laughs> so i ask it ask it again i could sorry. i could see i i figured it was wikipedia because it got very like the screen lit your screen lit up white i could 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. see what you're doing uh with sunday saturday's race 250 miles sunday's race 300 miles oh it's laps actually. laps okay, not miles sorry, sorry. So yeah. does 50 laps make a huge difference to strategy at Iowa? I think it will, especially, I mean, when you do a pit stop, I mean, it's like, what, three laps two that you're going to lose? Yeah, yeah they're 18-second yeah, laps right there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, an extra 50 laps is definitely going to mess with the strategy a bit more. And also the pit windows are quite large there, and there's just so much going on. It's just going to make it even more interesting. So it's just going to, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But I definitely change the strategy up a bit fair enough predictions let me get standings up so again we'll do two from anywhere in the standings and one from outside the top 12 in the standings and each of us will give one and we'll we'll just kind of rotate through so frenchy we'll let you go first okay i'm gonna go with mclaughlin as my first pick Okay, for picks, what's going? Okay, so are we just picking one at yeah. a time? Yeah. Okay, uh, you picked McLaughlin. Okay, um, I'm gonna pick Power. Do they? Did they have results from like the test that we did at Iowa? Yeah, I can pull that up too. Ooh, wait, can There's we screen share? Oh yeah, we can. Let me see it. All right, we are. We are. All right, so I will give my first pick while. Frenchie gets that ready. I will go with Pato Award for pick number one. That was that was also <laughs> okay. I'm trying to see if I can find the testing times again because I know I had them. Oh yeah, I have it right here. What were they? Or you can share you can share uh, your screen. I can if share you, if you want. Yeah, yeah. share the screen. Yeah, I'll share it for you guys. Where I'm going super in depth. I'm gonna get all the the data here we're gonna have like five pages it's like uh fantasy like like those people who get super into fantasy football drafts oh yeah i'm about to get <sighs> the numbers are going to be on my side here i already know my second pick that's why i picked mclaughlin actually i had this up <laughs> oh see he's cheating <laughs> see i'm stopping you from cheating let's okay and you pick power that you did good yeah i know i know all right yeah. frenchy you're you're up with your second pick or screen sharing if you want to share out the test oh i thought i thought i am sharing no, 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 we don't see it. Uh, let me start screen share, and there we go. Do you see it now? Mm. Nope. nope. <laughs> Maybe I don't have screen sharing privileges. <laughs> you, you know what? That's fine. It, just read okay, off the test, uh, the, okay. the top few from the test for us. Yeah, yeah, just read the top few. There we go. Now oh, I'm sharing. okay, oh, okay, yes. okay. Nice. All right. Lovely. I figured out how to do it. I'm sorry. 
right. I already have my three. Okay. Are we picking three? Yeah, three. Uh, your, your last one okay, has cool. to come from outside the top 12 in standings. In the season standings. Okay. So we didn't... Oh, I have to leave that up, yeah. don't I? Okay, so my second pick... I think I'll go with Elio. He's outside the top 12 in standings, yes. right? Okay, so I'm going to say Elio because as we were finding out earlier, he got his last non-Indy 500 win at Iowa back in 2017, which is a long time, but oh well. Right. So although in this uh, this screen that we have right now, he doesn't look good, but I can't remember what he did test-wise. I know they're doing a lot of stuff, but he's been very good in the ovals. I'm going to do Rosenquist as my second pick. pick. Is he inside or outside the top 12? He's inside. He's like right on the cusp, yeah, right? Okay. No, no, no. He's, top he's, 10. he's in there pretty good. Is he in the 10th now? Okay. I will take... I will take Christian Lungard as my outside the top 12 pick second. Frenchie, you're up with number three. Okay, so I can pick someone in the top 10 now, or in the top 12. Let's go with... You know what? I think I'm going to just go rogue and pick someone outside the top 12 in standings again and go with Graham Rahal. I mean, that's fair. He's he's okay. been, he's had some good results at Iowa a long time ago, but I think the Rahal clan had a finally had a good Toronto, so maybe that'll... They got high V on their yeah. side this weekend. All right, David, you're up with your third pick. All right, my third pick has to be outside top 12, yeah. correct? All right, it's going to be Takuma Sato. All right, teammate love. And that, I think... That's a good one. That's a very good pick. No, it is a very good pick. He's, he was, like, stupid fast. I'm mad we didn't get to see what he could do in Toronto. Yeah, it was yeah, just unfortunate with, you know, when he had his first incident in practice, too. I think that kind of set it up for the rest of the weekend because it was like a short interval until qualifying and the car wasn't fully to where it should be. But, yeah, it's been unfortunate. All right, and since I can't believe none of you guys took him, I'm taking Joseph Newgarden with the last pick. It was just too predictable. Yeah, it's, yeah it's just, come on, that's boring. That's, like, so basic. Come on. That's he just got made fun amazing. of on the F1 episode for doing the same thing the other day, taking <laughs> Charles yeah. Leclerc or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do that. There's no interest in it, you know? All right, well... Screw both of you guys. Uh, it's okay. I think that will wrap up I, uh, the Iowa preview. We'll be back next week to oh yeah, and congratulations on winning predictions a couple weeks ago when you when you first joined. I know I texted you about. Oh it, yeah, but thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, was, I, I yeah, I don't know. I have a, smoked us. I feel very good for these next next one. All right, I feel very good. So we have. Wait, is it going to be both of the races, like, combined points? Oh, I did not consider the fact that there was two races. <laughs> Me neither. This is why we have him on. <laughs> yes. Oh, there you, you know go. what? Let's, let's have some fun. Let's, let's do a second set of predictions for, for the second Ooh. race. All right, I can okay. share that tab again. And it doesn't matter. You can repick the same people if you want. Maximum points. You, you do, do whatever you want there. But, well, David, you can go first on this one. Okay, so I'm going to switch up a bit. My first pick is going to be Dixon. I will take McLaughlin for race two. Frenchie? For race two, I'm going to say Pato does well. David? Hmm. I'm going to pick Power again because... He was in, incredible at the test. So, yeah, that's just – I'm committing to power. Okay. I will take Colton Herta second. Frenchie? I'm going to take Marcus Erickson. Ooh, okay. I feel like he's done well at Iowa in the past. I don't remember, to be totally honest with you. I remember being impressed with his results on the ovals, like especially at Iowa and Gateway in the beginning when he first came over. David, last pick. I think has to be outside of the top 12. I really want to pick myself, but um, we're not going to do that. that. I don't see why not. Yeah, I'm going to put too much pressure on myself, though. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, outside the top 12, right? Yeah. 
You know what? I'm going to do... Wait, where is he? Damn it, he's 12th. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do Connor Daly. I'm going to do Connor Daly. Oh, that's a good pick. Yeah. I. You know what? Since Since you can't pick yourself, I will take you in race two. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I was going to pick myself, but I know I'm going to put too much pressure on myself. That's fair. So. I got you. <laughs> Ho- hopefully, I don't put any pressure. No, yeah, okay, maybe a little okay, bit. That's fair. okay. Frenchie, round it out. I'm going to go with, you know what? Let's pick Ed Carpenter. Oh, okay. Oh, Let's I forgot about him there. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess All we right. didn't mention. We'll wrap it up with this. Ed Carpenter's in the third ECR car. As of Tuesday evening at 6 p.m., there is no word if J.R. Hildebrand is racing this weekend. Couldn't get any comment. Oh, he would have been a really good yeah, pick if he's yeah. racing this weekend because he's super good at So Iowa. I can't confirm or deny that he's racing this weekend yet, although it's probably not looking likely. But there's nothing official, no entry list yet, so that could change. It'll probably change just like last week with the Plo News, like an hour after we're done recording tonight. So that you know that'll be... That'd be cool, but not much you can do there. Frenchie, enjoy watching at home. David, I'll see you this weekend. Good luck. And everybody, have a lovely weekend of racing. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos!